No time for small chat. Let's get right to it. This is the Penn State-Ohio State preview right here on Scarlet and Gray Stripes, a subset of the Two Stripes podcast. My name is Colton Denning. I'm your host. want to welcome you into the show. It is Wednesday. Hopefully you're hearing this on Wednesday night or Thursday. Uh, by the time you're hearing this, and it's already up right now, you can go read my article on twostripescpd.com about my top 15 favorite Ohio State-Penn State memories. Why did I write this article this week? Well, it's because I hate Penn State. I'm sure if you're an Ohio State fan listening to this, you feel the same way that I do about Penn State. And there's a lot of great moments in the history of this rivalry. That's right. It is a rivalry. And I went through and listed my 15 favorite. I think you'll like it. Uh, If you don't, send me a tweet at Dubsco. Tell me what you would have in your top 15, but I put that up last night, twostripecpd.com. You can read it for free. You can subscribe for free. You can also subscribe for $7 a month or $50 a year if you want to throw some cash my way, but it's free just like everything else on twostripecpd.com to listen, to read for everybody. So check that out, twostripecpd.com. The Penn State simulator vid is going to be up probably uh, early on Friday, so check that out, youtube.com slash Colton Denning. And while you're here, subscribe to the show. Go to Apple Podcasts, leave a comment, leave a review, I guess is the better way to put it. Leave a star rating, follow along on Spotify. You can also listen on SoundCloud, SoundCloud, soundcloud.com. I need to slow down. SoundCloud.com slash two stripes pod subscribe everywhere there. I'm going so fast because it's a huge week in college football and I'm excited and I'm really excited about this game. Uh, The excitement level would be a little bit higher if Penn State hadn't duffed so hard last week against Illinois and lost that game. Just a very stupid game. Probably the dumbest game of the year, right? Like I can't think of any game that's has been dumber than that one. And honestly, one of the dumbest games I've ever seen with nine overtimes, uh, some injuries in those overtimes, and just some very incompetent play from Penn State and Illinois in that nine overtime game. But we're going to break down what to think about Penn State heading into this game, where Penn State matches up well with Ohio State, and just kind of everything that I think is, is important to know about this upcoming game for Ohio State. Before I start talking about that, though, Uh, I think we should start with where we usually start on these preview shows, and that's if anything happened in the Ohio State press conference. And yet again, the answer is pretty much no, because the only big news to come out of Ryan Day's presser this week was that running back Marcus Crowley, it looks like he is out for probably, uh, he said, Day said a long time, and that basically means for us, for the rest of the season is probably a safe assumption, and then anything after that, we'll just have to wait and see as the offseason unfolds. But sounds like he got hurt during the bye week in practice, so he is out for the rest of the year at the very least, and that's uh, un- unfortunate to see anybody get injured. Uh, it does mean that that running back rotation depth gets a little more thin, and if somebody else gets hurt, then, hey, I talked about Evan Pryor in the Indiana recap. Uh, this is a chance for him to really step up if another one of those guys gets hurt. It sounds like Master Teague is going to be back healthy. I think Day mentioned that Mayan Williams got banged up again. I don't know what his status is for Saturday. So 
I don't know, but a shame for Marcus Crowley that he got hurt, but a chance for a guy like Evan Pryor to step up with the depth being just, it's really just like a rotating wheel there at that running back spot each week. And then the other thing health-wise that Day mentioned was it sounds like Julian Fleming is healthy. He's a name we haven't talked about at all because he's just been kind of fading, not fading into the background, but his injury situation has kind of relegated him. I mean, it has relegated him to the sidelines literally, but hopefully he's healthy, back, and ready to go, and we see uh, some of the skill set that he can bring along. As we've seen with Ohio State's receivers, uh, you can never have enough depth at that spot. All right, let's talk about Penn State. Where where do you want me to start here? I mentioned the Illinois game and how dumb that was. I don't need to talk about that game at all. We all we all saw it. Uh, do I need to talk about James Franklin's press conference and how everybody went crazy yesterday on Tuesday because uh, he said that he was still his he what did he say? He was completely focused on Illinois and he misspoke and said I think Illinois twice in lieu of saying Ohio State, and everybody was freaking out about it, and he also called uh, the horseshoe the big house, and uh, now all the conversation is his his mind's focused elsewhere. He's he's already left Penn State. He's already looking at the USC job. He doesn't seem locked in. Do you want me to do 15, 20 minutes on that? Because I, I really don't want to do any of that because I did not care at all about anything that James Franklin said in any way that he misspoke. Yesterday, I think everybody's making a big deal about nothing. It is pretty funny, and it makes for good jokes. But uh, anybody looking for like an actual storyline there, I think is just uh, you're doing a lot. But people seem to really be upset about that yesterday for whatever reason. So we'll skip that. But I do think it's important to note that he also said during this press conference that quarterback Sean Clifford is going to be 100% for this game, uh, and he's ready to go. And, I mean, I'm sure that's a little bit of gamesmanship. He's probably not 100% after coming back from injury and then having to play a nine-overtime game. But sounds like he's uh, good and and ready to go, and we'll, we'll see how much that means for a Penn State offense that has really struggled, but he's definitely playing in the game, and that is something to note. So when it comes to actually talking about this game and the things that I'm looking for from Penn State and what I think about it heading into it, I think the biggest question for me or the biggest storyline for me about this game is that I I never go into it. I don't know how you guys feel, but I never go into any Ohio State-Penn State game, regardless of the way that Penn State has looked in the games leading up to this one or what their ranking or their record is. I never go into this game thinking that Ohio State is just about to roll over them. No matter what, no matter how much of a mess they are, including this week with them losing to Illinois and then everything Franklin has said and his status and whether or not he's going to leave at the end of the year, I don't think it matters because Penn State, more often than not, and I really can't think of any time they, they weren't ready They're always ready to play Ohio State. And that doesn't mean Ohio State can't or won't win by like 25. But I do think that Penn State is going to be ready to play. And I I said it. There was a lot of things I said about Indiana last week that I think I probably just should have waited and said about Penn State this week. And I said that, you know, Indiana's not going to be scared of Ohio State. And I I don't think they were. But Penn State isn't going to be scared 
about having to come into the horseshoe and play a night game with Ohio State wearing these jerseys, which I'll get to here in a little bit. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter what Penn State's record is or how they've played this year. Franklin's going to have those guys ready to go. You, you know, you can say what you want about James Franklin. I've certainly uh, made fun of him and criticized him as much as anybody, whether it's on the podcast or on Twitter. He knows how to get a team ready. And I think that Penn State will be ready for this game. And they're not going to be scared of Ohio State coming into this game. And they still have uh, a pretty damn good defense, which, which we'll discuss here in a little bit. And they have players on offense. I mean, we saw what Jahan Dotson did to Sean Wade last year. And Sean Wade gone now. But uh, I think that Penn State still has some weapons to attack the Ohio State defense. But most importantly for me, Penn State's not going to be, this moment isn't too big for them. They're not going to be scared of the atmosphere. They're not going to be intimidated by anything. And this series has been really close. You look back to the last two years, the 2019 game looked like Ohio State was just going to completely roll over them, and they, they should have. But then as that game played out and there was you know some questionable coaching decisions and just some bounces that didn't go their way, Penn State ended up making it a game. And what was the final, like 28-17 to 17 or something like that, 29-17? to 17. And Chase Young had a huge game. Olave had a huge first half. And then the offense kind of just couldn't do anything. And Justin Fields, that's when he banged up his knee initially. But Penn State played them tough. And they had to play with Will Levis in that game. And his skill at that point was basically just uh, running the ball. Like now he's at Kentucky. And I mean, it's still probably a little bit of the same. But Sean Clifford, I think it was Sean Clifford, right? Got hurt in that game. And Levis came in and... Penn State managed to piece together an offense, so they played them close that year. Uh, 2020, last season, Ohio State looked like they were going to run away with that game, and then Penn State just kept fighting, and I never felt like Ohio State was going to lose that game, but I remember just being so frustrated that they couldn't pull away. I think they'll probably have a better shot at doing that this season, but my point here is Penn State's going to be ready to play, and I'd be shocked if Ohio State just kick the shit out of them from the jump. I think that they'll have some stuff ready in the early portion of this game. And we've we've seen that Penn State is a team against Ohio State that does not give up. So if Ohio State thinks that they can just play a good first quarter and then these guys are going to roll over, we have seen consistently through the history of this game and the history of James Franklin against Ohio State that that is not going to happen. So maybe they end up doing it and we continue to see Ohio State progressing and looking like one of the most dominant teams in the country. If you want to go by S&P Plus, they're the best team in the country right now. So I think it's certainly possible that they're able to do that. But uh, Penn State has just played them so close and James Franklin always has these guys ready to go. So I'm not going to be surprised if it's halftime and Ohio State is up seven or we have a tie game, just because that's how this series has gone. And if it is a close game, it's probably because Penn State has a very good defense. And again, I I just mentioned that I should have saved some of the stuff that I said for Indiana about Penn State. The first of those being that they weren't going to be scared of them. And the second was that, hey, this Indiana defense is the best defense Ohio State has faced so far, which was true at that point. But now that distinction goes to Penn State because this actually is an elite defense that does look healthy. Indiana was out their top was without their top two corners last week. 
That's not the case for Penn State. Uh, their secondary is probably the strongest portion or part of their defense. They're one of the best secondaries in the country with Joey Porter Jr., Jaquan Brisker at safety. He's one of the best safeties in the country. Tariq Castro-Fields and then Jair Brown. So this is a matchup that I, I talked about, I think it was in the, the recap of the Indiana game in the last episode of wanting to see Ohio State and how important it is for Ohio State to play these matchups uh, best on best and how you know you look at the Big Ten and the rest of the schedule, they're going to get some opportunities to do that. And this is one, especially with these receivers against this Penn State secondary. This is a best on best matchup. These are how these guys get better. And I've just been pounding you guys in the head about how important it is for Ohio State's offense that nobody has the pieces in the secondary to match up with just the guys on the outside of Wilson and Olave, but Jackson Smith and Jigba and how he's making the offense go. Penn State, out of any team they've played so far, has the best matchup against them to at least play them at like a draw. And so we're going to see what that looks like. And we're going to see how that affects Ohio State's offense and how that affects what Ryan Day wants to do offensively. Are they going to just air it out until Penn State is able to stop it? Or do we see them stick a little bit more onto the ground and try to loosen up what Penn State is doing in the secondary so they can kind of free up chances for those guys on the outside? If I had to guess, I don't really think that they worry about who the other dudes have because uh, the Ohio State guys are, are so good. So I, I don't know if we're going to see a huge change in their strategy, but it's definitely something to think about when you're playing a top defense and Penn State ranked six in defensive SP plus right now. So the way that Ohio State's offense attempts to or what their strategy is to attack the Penn State defense just right from that first drive is going to be something that that I'm keeping a close eye on. And, and another thing that I talked about in the recap of the Indiana game was we, we've seen these games play out where Ohio State's just been able to run up the score and they don't have to overtax any of their guys and how that has limited the touches we've seen from Travion Henderson last week. It was, what, nine? And what do those touches look like if they're in a little bit more of a closer game? in the third quarter. And is, is this the week? Is this the week we see 20 to 25 touches? I think the only time this season he's gotten over 20 or close to that mark was the Tulsa game, right? Uh, if it's not this week, we're going to start seeing it, I think, over the course of this last half of the season. So maybe that's where it starts this week. And I do think it's it's something to, to look for of like, are they going to get him more involved screen-wise? And I guess they, they really started doing that against Indiana, but it's such a potent weapon. And we saw what J.K. Dobbins was able to do in the short passing game. And Penn State in particular, I went back in that article and uh, scrubbed through a lot of these older Penn State-Ohio State games. That 2018 comeback, Dobbins had two catches, but they were for 61 yards. And if you remember on that last touchdown drive, that K.J. Hill had that touchdown. They were inside, they started inside their own 10, and Dobbins had that huge gain that really set up that whole drive. And I think that, you know, you, I don't know if Dobbins and Henderson are comparable, like in terms of their skill sets, but they're comparable in the sense that they're both legitimate threats out of the backfield. And that's not really something we've seen Ohio State do a ton of. And Travion Henderson certainly has the skill set to be able to do that. And you don't need to throw him the ball eight times with who you have at wide receiver. But again, who is going to cover him 
while being so focused on everybody else in the Ohio State pass game. That may be an ace that Ryan Day has up his sleeve. And honestly, that may be something that he is waiting for, like for a moment that they really, really need it this season, that he doesn't just, you know, that's not something they're going to go to in the first quarter of a game or a second quarter of a game. It's when, you know, you're in the third quarter and it's third and three and you need to get him the ball out in space. I guess kind of like we saw with Minnesota in that opening game when he took that uh, he took that short throw to the house, whatever it was, 80 yards. Maybe that's something he's just saving for later on in these games in crucial moments, probably. But it's something to look out for. But uh, long story short here with me rambling on, this is the best defense that they've played so far this season. I think it's interesting that their Penn State's biggest strength is in the secondary and uh, and, and what that matchup is with them and the Ohio State receivers and how Ohio State's line is going to look because that I think to me they finally uh, really got the push in the run game that they hadn't necessarily gotten so far this season. And if they're able to continue to do that, it just leaves any defense really with no options unless you're Georgia on how to defend these guys. So, uh, you know, if they're slinging the ball around like they're usually able to, they're, they're going to be fine. But if Ohio State's line is just pushing around that Penn State defensive line, uh, it's just hard to see unless they're turning the ball over left and right, how they're not going to be able to have success. And I, I don't mean in the sense of scoring like 50 points because this Penn State defense is legitimately very good, but I just mean having success against them, being able to move the ball up and down the field. And even when you don't score, you're able to get a couple first downs and shift field position and give the ball to a Penn State team, a Penn State offense, and make them drive 80, 85 yards, which they haven't proven that they are able to, like not even consistently, they just can't do that once or twice a game. So I I think that those are kind of the minutia details of the game that stand out to me that, hey, even if Ohio State isn't scoring points on every single drive like they have been for the last three or four games, uh, if they're just getting a couple of first downs every single drive, and Jesse Mirko's flipping field position, and Penn State's starting uh, inside their own 20 every single drive, eventually that's going to lean on that Penn State defense, and eventually that dam is going to break, and maybe that's where you see a seven-point game at halftime explode in the third quarter, and Ohio State's able to really kind of put the game out of reach. And while I'm on the subject, I might as well just talk about the matchup between Penn State's offense and the Ohio State defense and I say it all the time, I hate previewing these games, and I, I've, re- I've really hated doing it this year because I've struggled with things to talk about because I don't want to be X's and O's guy. I don't want to uh, try to seriously preview these teams every single week, and I hate it because it just sounds like the same shit each week, and it is the same shit with this defense each week because we all know what the keys are. Can the defense keep improving? Can they stay on the same track that they've stayed on for, I guess, at this point, the last month, month and a half? And can they get pressure from the defensive ends? Can those guys, can Zach Harrison uh, get the pressure that he got against Indiana? Is Tyreek Smith healthy? Can he get pressure? What are JTT and Jack Sawyer going to do? They have a lot more seasoning now, and we're starting to see those two guys make plays. So can they get pressure? Uh, It's just the same topic with this defense, and it's so black and white that it's obvious what we need to see from them to be able to improve. And this is, again, a bad Penn State 
offense. This is not a good uh, unit for them to go up against to like really judge what their strengths are. But at this point, like they just need to keep improving. And I, I think that they'll probably keep doing those things, but I, I'm not going to be surprised if Penn State looks much better than they did last week against Illinois. I don't think that that's really a true indication of what they are on offense. Maybe they aren't a top uh, 30 offense, but they're not as bad as they were last week. And I mentioned Dotson earlier. He's one of a few weapons that they have, and I'm not going to be surprised if they uh, try to they try to run some trick plays and they try to really get outside of the box against this Ohio State defense. And I think that Penn State's coaches are smart enough to see what some of the weaknesses are for this Ohio State defense. And, you know, we'll see if right from the jump, like, are we going to have an Indiana situation? How are you going to feel if Penn State gets the ball first and they go down and have a 75-yard touchdown drive like Indiana did? So to me, it doesn't really matter whether the Penn State offense is good or not. This defense just needs to keep proving that they can get better. And uh, in these situations against teams with somewhat comparable talent, they need to show that they can consistently stop them and that uh, that they've turned the corner there. So, I mean, that's really all I have to say for the defense because we just know what it is at this point. And after the game, we get such a better idea of what that actually looks like than previewing it every week and just saying, could Zach Harrison play well? Uh, could Tyreek Smith get some sacks? Could JTT get some sacks? So those are my thoughts on the defense. And that's pretty much it, man. I, I, I don't think uh, I don't have any more thoughts about this game. Uh, I, I wrote most of the stuff down up in that article I, I wrote for Two Stripes CPD, and it didn't have anything to do with this year's game. But, you know, I, I'm sure I'm like you guys. I hate Penn State. I hate Penn State more than I hate Michigan. And I don't mean in the sense that, like, I like when Ohio State beats Penn State more than I like when they beat Michigan. But, you know, there's a certain level of respect for Michigan and Michigan fans. No matter how much we shit on them or uh, how much we make fun of them, there's a certain level of respect there. And I know some Penn State fans, and, like, I follow them on Twitter, and I'm, you know, we're not jerks to each other. But just the general animosity of the Ohio State fan base against the Penn State fan base, it's different than the Michigan rivalry. This one seems much more rooted and a lot of hate. So I'm going to be turned up on 10 as I'm watching this game at home. And I love when Ohio State beats Penn State. And I'm going to be super fired up. And I think the intensity for this game is going to be super turned up. Um, the crowd and the atmosphere for this one. Like, I'd rather talk about that more than I want to talk about the defense for this one. I, I'm really keeping an eye on it, and I want to see the crowd and that atmosphere at the shoe on Saturday be something crazy and be something special, not just uh, for the game, but this is a big recruiting weekend from what I understand. I really don't follow recruiting, like, super in-depth, but I know that there's some dudes who are showing up for this game. Like, hopefully this is a really cool atmosphere because there's no excuse that the Oregon game, the atmosphere for that was what it was, but like it, it's an early game at least. I guess you can say that. There's no excuse. Penn State at night, uh, the team's playing really well. They, they have a chance to do something special. They're wearing these uniforms, which, you know, I, I, I don't like at all. I, I love alternate uniforms and I don't have any problem with Ohio State doing it. I think most of the alternates they've worn uh, recently are better than the actual current home jerseys for sure. Uh, so I'm going to give them a chance, 
but uh, you know, it's it's something new, it's something different, and hopefully, in that atmosphere, it creates a special vibe. So that's that's what I'm going to be on the lookout for, and hopefully, uh, those fans in there just make some f-ing noise for once, please, dear God. Um, and that's that's it, man. That's that's all I got. Make sure to go over to twostripecpd.com. I keep plugging it, but I I promise I think you're going to like it. twostripecpd.com. My top 15 Ohio State, Penn State memories. I'm a bit younger. I mean, on the scale of Ohio State fandom, 31 is like I might as well be 15 compared to the other Ohio State fans out there. Um, So check that out. A lot of the, and I bring that up because a lot of the stuff is like from 2003 on or 2002 on, but my favorite memories from the Ohio State Penn State series, check that out, twostripecpd.com. Come back here on Sunday for the recap episode, Scarlet and Gray Stripes. I'll have that up. We'll talk everything that happened in this game. I'll have the highlights up on YouTube, provided that things go well, youtube.com slash Colton Denning. Check that out there and subscribe to the show while you're here listening to it. If you're a fan of the show, uh, go on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a comment, leave a review, uh, leave a star rating, help other people find the show, whether they're Ohio State fans or not, because after this episode, I'm going to stop this recording and then record the Two Stripes podcast. Uh, It's a crazy week in college football. It's a big week in the Big Ten. I wish I would have come up for another word to say that. It's a very important week in the Big Ten, what with Michigan and Michigan State playing, Wisconsin-Iowa might be for the Big Ten West. So a lot of big implications this week in the Big Ten and then uh, a lot of other fun games in college football this week. I'm super stoked for that. So listen to the actual, the regular Two Stripes podcast coming out after this one on Thursday or late Wednesday night. Uh, Follow along on Spotify, soundcloud.com slash Two Stripes pod as well. And uh, follow me on Twitter if you want, at Dubsco. That's it for this episode. Keeping it short. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you're having a, a good or as good of a middle portion of your week as is possible in this dystopian hellscape that uh, we live in right now. So I hope that you're doing well. I hope your families and friends are doing well. And I uh, can't wait to talk to you on Sunday for the recap episode right here on Scarlet and Gray Stripes. I'm Colton Denning. I'll holler at you then.